You are now listening to the Hot Take Hotbox. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hotbox. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hotbox. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Hot Take Hotbox. My name is Matt McSweeney. I am always joined by Ty Capone. The Eagles held their, uh, I don't know what the hell you can call that. Uh, I guess it was a press conference. Hallie Roseman. I thought Jeffrey Lurie was going to be out there, but I guess that they, they changed their mind on that, or, or maybe I'm just uh, hallucinating. Nick Sirianni was up there, and man, that man was getting grilled. That was, uh, we're literally recording this about 10, 20 minutes after that thing ended. So, uh, again, Hot Take Hot Box, my name is Max. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Sixers. Joel dropping a 70-piece on, on, on the people out there, just absolutely emasculating Wemby, letting them know what the NBA is all about. we got a little bit of Flyers to talk about. Carter Hart steps away, so I think we know what's going down with him. And uh, we got a little bit of Phillies. Reese Hoskins is now a Milwaukee Brewer. So, Ty, how are you feeling today? You got James Paxton is also a uh, an L.A. Dodger, so you, at least you, know, you got a little good, yeah, a little good news in your right. neighborhood. They needed, a, uh, they needed a lefty to kind of replace Kershaw because Kershaw, he can still come back, but he won't be back until I think July with that shoulder injury that he had, that issue. Um, so I think that's – I'm fine with it. James Paxton last year was actually pretty solid until – I think either the, his first couple starts or his last couple starts were not great, but um, overall he was he was honestly not bad for a guy who didn't pitch the year before. Um, I mean, high risk, low reward. There's incentives for him uh, in the contract. It's a one year deal. Um, I'm here for. I'm, I'm fine with it. We have pretty much six a six man rotation right now, which um, they should, obviously I don't think should or will run, but. Um, honestly, maybe at the beginning of the year, I don't, I don't really see a problem with it. Most of our guys are coming back from some kind of injury. Dustin May, uh, Walker Bueller, uh, Paxton's always hurt. Um, like I said about Kershaw. So maybe just, you know, taking some weight off these guys' shoulders. You don't have to start 30, 40 games anymore. This is not the 2000s, the 90s, 80s. Um, so maybe s- slow playing it, seeing what Yamamoto's got early in the year, maybe limiting, limiting him to like five innings, six innings, just something to ease into the season, you know? I know it's it's a long fucking year and it's a, it's a real grind. So I'm here for it. Yeah, I, whatever you got to do, keep signing guys. I, I truly don't care. That's what I've been asking them to do for a while. And uh, every other team's fan base is mad at the Dodgers and hates the yeah. Dodgers. But yeah, you yeah say I, that. I get it as an outsider. But like, you know, how about asking your team? And how about getting well, that, that's more where I'm angry. I'm not angry that the Dodgers are doing. It. I'm angry that the Phillies haven't done shit yet. So right, letting Hoskins, you know. Whether you wanted to keep him or not, something has to, some move has to be made for something, and they haven't done really anything. I mean, nobody has really made a move. Blake Snell still trying to get nine three hundred. That's not happening, buddy. So maybe him and Bellinger have to bring their price tags down. The stove is is cold. Stove is still cold. But first, ladies and gentlemen, we must get into our Philadelphia Eagles. It turns out, Ty, the last time we talked, we were be we were very aggressive and angry towards this team. And I still feel that way. Make no mistake about it. I, I, but as of now, well, it's not as of now, they are not going to fire Nick Sirianni right now. It's, it's very apparent. You know, the man was just in a press conference sitting next to the GM. You know, they cited that his look at his record, his playoff wins. Uh, I, I actually can't like, I guess I, not that I can't believe it because of course this is the Eagles. This is Howie Roseman, but 
I, I'm just, I guess I'm more disappointed. You know, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed that the Eagles are going to do this. And I really think they're just going to waste next year. I think, you know, and, and you know what, though? When I when I say that, I also do believe that they'll probably be good enough to, for him to keep his job next year. Like, they have enough talent, and they're going to bring in somebody who's going to fix the, the defense. I don't know about the offense. And they'll probably be good enough to make the playoffs. Maybe they'll win the wild card round or something like that. But I guess I'm more disappointed that, in my mind, they're – their spot amongst the elites in the NFL uh, teams that that is, you know, you could argue that they're still an elite franchise just based off their recent track record. But as of now, Ty, I, I have no faith in them being able to return to that 14 and three, just masterpiece that was last year. Yeah. Um, I, the, I didn't think the press conference was like anything good. It, it just is what it is. It was what it was. I don't think, there was anything to really expect that would be huge. Um, it wasn't as much coach and GM speak as I thought it might be, but it still kind of was, right? It was still kind of scripted and not scripted, but they had they knew what they were going to say. Also, making everybody wait a half hour that was good, insane. Um, I think we know why though. Yeah, um, yeah, they had the they had to get their DC. Yeah, which is which I love. I love getting Vic Fangio back in here. He was supposed to be here last year. Um, getting him out of Miami was great. He did such a good job in Miami, and they had like. 35 guys go down all year and um, you know a couple times they, they lost guys key players in uh, in blowouts that the players should not have been in so he really um, he really he really had a tough test and he again he did pretty well so um, I love it I'm here for it I, I wasn't sure what other defensive guy was going to be um, you know around I think it's probably harder to find a DC than an OC maybe uh, it could be just a random guess but I like it. Jesse Minter is probably going to fo- uh, follow Harbaugh. So that was a name that I was interested in. So, yeah, I love it. Vic Fangio coming back home. Um, now the Dolphins need a D coordinator. So at least we have that settled. But, yeah, um, back to the quotes and everything. I thought it was kind of interesting, some of the things they said. And then and then sometimes they would back it up. Like Sirianni was like, yeah, you know, we want to get a whole new – you know, we want to get an outsider, a, a guy from the outside to come in here. But also we maybe we can bring in somebody that's familiar – with what we do around here. So I didn't love that, but I guess he didn't want to really say that he, he, it seemed like he didn't want to say the wrong thing. So he was kind of just covering all of his bases is what it it seemed like. If it really really was true that that's the reason they were kind of, they were in a meeting, you know, that that was the, the, what the rumor was that why the press conference is delayed a half hour. Then why? I I mean, I guess you can't say, I guess they weren't like worried. They might get in trouble if they say that that's what they're going to do. But uh, can't you just basically say, like, yeah, you know, we're going to – like, I, I don't know. Like, I, it, it was the scheme the problem this year for the defense? I guess not, right? I mean, we, we the argument could be made that it was more personnel and the fact that your, you know, a couple – your cornerback, you know, and James Bradbury became burnt toast halfway through the season. Maybe the problem was that your line couldn't get any rush or anything like that. I don't know. I mean, they definitely couldn't get off the field on third down. I, Ty, I, I – I guess if they're going to do this scheme, I was just tweeting about this with a, a couple people that I follow. It's like if they're going to go and run this scheme again, then I, it, I, I'm fine with it being the actual man who's like the godfather of this scheme in Vic Fangio. Like that, if that's what they're going to do, then let him coach the defense. You know, a guy who it, it, he fits the bill of all the thing that they were looking for on that defensive side of the ball. A guy who's a former head coach, guy who's been a defensive coordinator, you know, for a long time has a long, long list of experience and, 
just has been a football lifer basically he's from this area he's it just speaks to he'll speak to the the people the people will probably love him and will identify with him so i think he fits everything that he needs and you know Sirianni wants somebody where he's not going to have to ro- really worry about the defense at all cuz he's not a defensive guy uh you know we'll talk about what they basically named Sirianni is basically just going to be a cheerleader of some po- of some sort this season uh, a motivator uh i, I don't know cuz he's not going to run the offense and he's not going to run the defense and so, like, what what does that leave him to do? But I guess I, I do just want to hear, like, are you are you satisfied with Vic Fangio? Yeah, I see some people citing that he was with the team in 2022 to prepare for the Chiefs and the Super Bowl. And they're like, oh, I don't want him because, you know, how that ended. Meanwhile, it has nothing to do with anything. He was just there just to, you know, uh, be another voice, another person in the in the meetings and whatnot. So I don't really hold that against them. Um but also, like what you said, I, it's all—it's a lot about the personnel. Like we gotta, we gotta get some linebackers. I, I, uh, I think in the beginning of the press conference, Howie Roseman um, said something about how people criticize um, our usage of linebackers or us not, you know, having good linebacker play. And then he said, you know, both Super Bowl runs, our linebacker play was great. And I'm like, yeah, it was. That's why I was kind of confused why you didn't keep either of the linebackers from last year that both. Uh, I don't know if Kaiser White had a great year. I'm, I'm sure he had a bunch of tackles. Uh, he was on a bad team, too. I think TJ Edwards. Who, who was he on? Was he on Bears. the Bears? Dude, not, not good teams, and I'm pretty sure they both played pretty well, and I don't think Cunningham was awful, and I, there was times where Nick Morrow was decent, but N'Kobe Dean was hurt all year, and the, we, we can't have those three. They, that, that can't be our only three linebackers. We said this all year. Even when they were all playing well, we were like, yeah, honestly, this, this probably isn't going to work. Like, um we were so desperate. Cunningham came in in what August with, or maybe even September with Miles Jack, and then we brought in Leonard. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of confused why he didn't keep any of the linebackers from last year. But whatever, it is what it is. Hopefully, going forward, he he takes a look at some uh, some linebackers or DBs or defensive players in general in those uh, first couple rounds. Yeah, obviously, like that. That seems like the issue. Like that's why I'm not. I, I was just tweeting this too, and people were disagreeing with me, saying that uh, they're not worried about the offense. I'm more worried about the offense because I think on the defensive side, I can point more to the personnel being the issue. You know, where you have guys running out there like I hate to do this, but it, like got guys like Reed Blankenship. You know, like who he's not horrible, but he's limited, right? Would you say? I mean, there's a reason yeah. the man went undrafted. You have linebackers who were kind of replacement-level linebackers who were available late in training camp and things of that nature. I think there's there's a reason why those guys become available. There's a reason why, you, you know, I, 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 I wanted to just start shitting on the defensive line because I really feel like that's where the, the holes of the team are. And I don't know how they fix that immediately because you have contract for Josh Sweat you know, Fletcher Cox is probably going to walk away. You don't know how good, really, Jordan Davis is. Jalen Carter is probably the only bright spot that you have, and he sort of slowed down towards the end of the year. I imagine he's going to have a big year next year. And then you have Hassan Reddick on the other side, who I think is what? He's entering the last year of his contract? So, well, like, I, and, and these are all guys I just named who really couldn't get any sort of pressure on the quarterback uh, uh, aside from the playoff game. So I, I don't know. I, I, I just – that seems to me like the personnel – is more of the issue when you look at the offense. You have an offense that is loaded talent-wise, has one of the you know had one of the best offensive lines in the league, has two thousand-yard receivers, 
has easily probably a top 10 uh, to be conservative uh, tight end and has a you know top 10 quarterback that's being paid an awful lot of money so that that team couldn't that you know nucleus couldn't muster more than nine points in the playoff game couldn't muster more than 13 or 17 or 10 against the Cowboys or you know like it was rough rough go they only scored 24 points against the Cardinals I don't count the pick six that was you know uh, distributed by Sidney Brown so they this is a team that needs a whole new identity on offense and I really do hope I hope Sirianni means it when he says that he's going to let this new guy come in and run the offense and do his thing and he also said that they would be crazy to not add some of the things they've been doing and in the past and uh you know I had again people tweeting me saying that that's that's a good thing they've had good run run you know run game and, and things of that nature that you're looking at it from a positive standpoint that you think that's what they mean when he says that. That might not be what he means. You know, he might yeah. he might mean I'm still want to keep that QB draw in the playbook. I still want to be running them bubble screens. I don't know. I guess we'll never know. Right? I will have yeah. We'll have to see it happen before I really can make a determination. I'm just more telling you that I think we're wasting our time having Nick Sirianni being the head coach. I will keep saying that, and hopefully I'm wrong. I. I hand up to God was wrong about Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, last basically last year told said the guy wasn't going to be really that great of an NFL quarterback, and I'm willing to admit that I was wrong on that. This year he didn't look that great, but I still think I'm wrong. I still think he can be a really good NFL quarterback. I, I just the offense to me, just because you have a lot of talent, they, they that doesn't mean that that's just necessarily going to you know come to fruition or it's going to just happen overnight. There's so, there's something wrong on that side of the ball. Yeah, hopefully the draws and the screens aren't aren't uh, aren't staying. I saw we uh, interviewed the USC senior analyst Cliff Kingsbury to see what um, maybe if he wants to come come back to the league and and be our OC. I, I don't know. I've seen mixed things about him. I don't again. I don't know X's and O's. I'd have to follow Mr. Johnny Page or a couple other people. But it seems it seems like uh, most um, most Johnny. quick thoughts. <laughs> That's that's my guy. Literally, guy. yeah, no, that guy. I, I I see him all the time on my Twitter. I'm he like, grinds, yeah. dude. He knows what he's talking about, man. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure. Uh, I guess he did coach Jalen Hurts at um, or Lincoln Riley coached Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma and Cliff Kingsbury working under Lincoln Riley at USC. Maybe that can, maybe that matters. Maybe it doesn't. I'm, I'm not sure. He was um, he was the head coach at Texas Tech. That didn't work. OC at A and M. OC at Houston. Uh, the Cardinals coach. Uh, you know, he kind of um, failed upwards, which is kind of weird. So I, I don't know how I feel about him in general. Um, I see some people throwing out Byron Leftwich, Josh McDaniels. I'm way good on Josh McDaniels. I'm good on Kellen Moore. Yeah. Um, I'm good on Frank Reich. Zach Robinson's an interesting name, the QB coach in L.A. under Sean McVay. Um, I, he's going to be an OC sooner rather than later anyway. Only 37. I think he, I think he played at uh, Oklahoma State, so... Maybe um, a, a new, uh, this year's version of, of Brian Johnson. I'm, I'm not sure. Arthur Smith, I see people throwing his name out there. I'm good. I'm all the way good. Alex Van Pelt's another one from the um, the Browns. So, yeah, I'm not sure. There's a, there's a bunch of names out there. and uh, We just, I don't know. I have no idea. At least the D.C. hire kind of happened quick. So, you know, we were able to take that in. Uh, yeah. I have no so, idea. I'm looking for the, the tweet, though, that, uh, you know, the Eagles 
or have been an RPO team and whatnot, and they were 32nd in motion. And I believe Cliff Kingsbury, during his time at in Arizona, was 30th in motion and 32nd in under center rate. So it's basically just going to be a, you know, a, essentially a lot of the same stuff that we've been doing and with the same kind of lack of ingenuity or any sort of, I, I don't know, just change or... I. That seems like a like a, like as much as I, I I said it a couple weeks ago that I wanted him, and then I started looking into it, and I was like, I don't know, you know, I'm not sure. I I actually don't know Ty, who what name they could tell me right now that's available for an offensive coordinator position that would get me like excited or or really yeah. would have me like you know because you, you you said Kellen Moore that offense was bad for the most part I mean they. They had Justin Herbert. They had Keenan Allen. Like they were, they were able to move the ball in portions this year. But uh, maybe that was a situation where they they were just doomed from the from the start. Bad head coach. You, you know, Austin Eckler couldn't run the ball at all this year. I don't know if that's a him problem or if that was a seemed like it a, a scheme problem or the offensive line is bad. Oof. I don't know. Probably a combination yeah. of the of a bunch of them. Now, Zach Robinson from the Rams. That is a guy that's intriguing. I would like somebody. Uh, I think I saw Mike Lafleur was also another name that you know people were floating around. I don't think we've interviewed any of these people that we're talking about, but yeah. I would like a couple of these guys. I want somebody from that sort of McVeigh Shanahan coaching tree that's going to come in here and add a little bit to our offense because you watch those Rams games, you watch those car, you know, the, not the Cardinals, the uh, 49ers games. That, uh, those offenses have a lot of different wrinkles to them that when you watch the Eagles, they just did not have. And I, I obviously, if you know, on the checklist, I'd like to have a guy who's called plays before, but you know, that's not exactly in abundance out there. And there's a reason if they've called plays and they're available right now that they are available. It's because they were fired or they stunk. I still think they're just going to go to Frank Reich. I, I like that's my gut tell, tells me Ty, uh, and or they might go to a, a Cliff Kingsbury, but. That that I just I I think they're gonna go to a Fra- like Frank Reich. I think that's they're gonna want to run like Nick Sirianni's gonna want to run his version of the offense. And Frank Reich is the, it's basically Frank Reich's offense that Nick Sirianni runs. And Frank can come in and call the plays. That 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 makes me sick to my stomach. But that's just like I have such a negative view of the Eagles right now. I feel like that's just they're they're gonna go for like the safe sort of option. Yeah, I uh, I'm interested in Gerard Johnson. He has worked under Sirianni in Indianapolis. Um, he was in a part of the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. He was on the Eagles in 2011, the Dream Team. Yeah, um, he's a Houston native, just like uh, Jalen Hurts. Maybe that plays a part. He used to play quarterback. He's pretty good at A and M. Bobby Slowick. He's another one. I think he's from the area, right? Um, yeah, but I feel I like he wrong. would just be a head coach. Like that. That's why I don't include him because, like, he would be a head coach if he was like. I think he's going to get head coaching jobs, or if he doesn't get that job, I think he stays in Houston. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the OC at Houston, right? And then Gerard yeah. Johnson's a QB coach. Yeah, um, he's from Princeton, New Jersey. He's part of the Shanahan tree. One of those two, I think, would be my pick. Again, I don't, I don't really know shit about fuck, but I think <clears throat> just seeing what they've done with CJ Stroud. I mean, that offense in general, Nico Collins, uh, Devin Singletary was, was making some plays. Yep. Uh, has make, has been making plays in the playoffs. That guy's career was dead a couple years ago. So that has to, 
make me think that they're doing something right over there. And I, I, I love D'Amico Ryans. I think what he brings to the team is, is awesome, kind of like what Gerard Mayo could potentially be in New England if, if the Whites don't run him out. But, um, you know, you know, I, know. I think – I think, yeah, yeah, I know how it gets. Um, I think one of those two would be a, a perfect – again, I don't know which one, maybe both, but no. I think one of those for sure is who I'm – Keep an eye on. Um, we'll see who else materially materializes. Materializes. Um, anybody from the Shanahan coaching tree is what is what uh, uh, me and you are are looking forward to. Uh, I, I saw people say Brian Greasy from San Francisco. I you know I don't know. Sure. I don't know anything about him. Sure. Why not? Clint Kubiak. Uh, I think he's the San Fran passing game coordinator. Uh, Jason Vrabel. No relation to Mike Vrabel. He's the Green Bay passing game coordinator. So. Thomas Brown, the Carolina OC. I don't think I want the Carolina Panthers OC, but um, the McVay Shanahan tree is definitely what we should be barking up. Give me Dan Orlovsky. Fuck it. Yeah, I mean, Dan O. I'm watching him right now. He's breaking shit down. No, nah, nah, like in all seriousness, I just want some. I mean, I, I I did respect that Sirianni was like, "Hey, this guy's going to come in here and run the offense." So if that's the if that's the case, I'll take him at his word. Then that makes that makes me feel good. All right, that's a positive thing. But I really would like somebody from that San Francisco coaching tree uh, to be my offensive coordinator. Somebody to kind of steal their own, you know, steal a little bit from them. I mean, Brian Greasy, he, what was he? he was on TV for a while, right? Uh, I, I I feel like he was. Yeah, he was on ES. He did uh, some college football games. He was doing right. Right. That's what I felt like. I felt like I was seeing him uh, on ESPN for a while or something along those lines. Maybe. And yeah, broadcasting career. He was employed by ESPN. Working as an analyst for the network's college football coverage, Greasy also served as a color commentator for the Denver Broncos, 2010 and 2011. From 2020 to 2022, he joined the booth for Monday Night Football. That's what I thought. Steve Levy and Lewis Riddick. Yeah. I mean, we didn't watch a lot oh, of them games because that was, that was so bad. Pathetic. But I don't think it was also, necessarily his fault. Steve Levy, <laughs> yeah, Steve Levy, just the worst commentator to ever do anything ever. I remember one time he was doing an LSU game and he kept mispronouncing players' names. I wanted to fucking strangle him because they were so so easy to pronounce. Anyway. Yeah. Shout out to Michael Divinity, former LSU linebacker. Shout out. Um, yeah, I think Slowick's the guy. I think that's – I keep reading things on Twitter and, uh, you know, I think um, I think that's the guy. He worked – he did – he did um, he did what Shanahan did, I guess, worked on defense first and then uh, worked on the offense. So he, he just seems like a great mind. He seems like he's been around the right people, doing the right things. Um, that's my guy. That's that's my number one candidate. Go, go get him. Him or Gerard Johnson. Yeah, he ain't coming here though. I'm telling you, Bobby Slowick <laughs> is not, not yeah. coming here. It's yeah, it, I think he's probably. I don't think they let job. you go laterally. Like if they were like maybe to hire him and make him the assistant head coach, then I think you could do it. But even if I'm him, I'm not Please. doing it. I, I like I'm holding out. I'm staying there and I'm waiting until somebody lets me be a head coach. That that would be my yeah. Opinion. There's no reason I would I would assume for him to leave that situation that he's in. He's developing a star quarterback who's only 22, a couple of good receiver, a, a great offense in general under a great young head coach. Like they have, they have the ball rolling over there in Houston. So um, I, I'm with you. Probably not, but why not? I mean, maybe maybe that leads you to get the QB coach, Gerard Johnson, but he's also never played called plays before. That gets me worried. I want somebody who's at least called plays yeah. of some sort, but um, that's kind of what worries me about the LSU offensive coordinator job. They're promoting two guys who I don't think have ever called plays. So it's always a risk, right? You, you give somebody, it could be the smartest mind who's worked under the smartest coaches for 20 know. years, but if they've never called plays and next thing you know, they're, you know, screen, screen, draw, 
yeah, it's not going to look good. So yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully that's what we can do. We'll see, I guess I'm sure in the coming days, they're going to try to get, get this wrapped up quickly. I would assume the Vic Fangio thing just happened really quickly. Uh, mid- it's said, yeah, crazy I mean, in the middle of that press conference. And I don't think anybody <laughs> asked a question about it. They, no, they did. Somebody did. And they oh, did they? Like, oh, you know, uh, whatever. I don't think they were going to say anything. Yeah, they probably can't uh, about yeah. it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Schefter said, yeah, him and Miami are parting ways. Now look for him to be the D.C. in Philly. I'm the like, deal is expected. You're like, whoa. whoa. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I want to Ryan Nielsen badly from the Falcons, but I like Vic Fangio. I'm here for it. Um, you know, get the job done quick, move on quick, and then um, and then see what we can do on offense. Hopefully hopefully it's Slowick. Again, that's probably not going to happen, but uh, I think that would be an absolute home run. And, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully they make a good hire. We can just – Read up on the on, on whoever it is, and then just prepare for the draft because that's that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, I'm uh, right now. Like I, I would like like even uh, Brian Greasy. I don't know if that would be his thing or his move. I know he's only I think he's the quarterbacks coach in uh, San Fran, and he's turned that scrub into a, uh, a a somewhat competent quarterback. So I can't, you know, I, I, that's got to be worth something. I think. You probably, you know, Mike LaFleur is the offensive coordinator in Los Angeles, so I don't think you'd be able to get him. I think Zach Robinson would probably be the next best bet. And I know he's a younger guy, and I don't think he's. I don't know he hasn't called plays at the NFL level, so I don't know if that would be, you know, their move. But, I mean, he's been with the Rams since 2019. Been an assistant quarterbacks coach, assistant wide receivers coach, back to assistant quarterbacks coach, and then he's now the passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. So. If we're if anyone that hasn't called plays, that would be my move. And, and you, I mean, yeah. at some point, somebody's gonna have to give. Like you said, you just don't know. You don't. You don't know who. Like when you give these guys a chance, what kind of quarterback they're gonna be when you get them, and yeah. or what, what kind of quarterback, what kind of call, play caller they're gonna be. Because I'm looking at. I I forgot he was the quarterback at Oklahoma State. I, I'm like remembering him yeah. back in the day. But uh, Justin Blackman, baby. Yeah, Justin Blackman. Shout out and. And Des Bryant. That's what I'm also seeing. That they're like good portion of the season. Des Bryant. Was play, yeah. yeah, Whedon was Blackman. Yeah, that's, right. that's pretty crazy. But I, I, yeah, I mean, other than that, like, what are any other obscure ones? Like I said, Dan Orlovsky, just as a joke. But uh, at some <laughs> points, uh, at some point, if I was like running a team, I would love him to come in and be my quarterbacks coach or something like that. I mean, the guy is not a moron, and you just because oh he's on TV like people would like shut him down or poo poo him there's plenty of guys who've gotten jobs straight from TV who yeah, turned out to be rooted. yeah and i mean he was a coach before but it's like yeah like just because these guys played he played in the league for many years he knows what he's talking about he studies this stuff all the time it's basically his job to study it so i, I wouldn't just <laughs> shut that down right away so in 09 i guess des didn't play he got hurt but they had des and justin blackman on the same team it's insane. with kendall hunter um <laughs> The year before they went nine, I guess yeah, nine and four. They had Kendall Hunter, who was pretty good. I remember. I thought he might have got arrested when he got to the league or something. But it was Jez Bryant, Brandon Pettigrew, Justin Blackman. I mean, Jesus Christ, Zach Robinson throwing the ball. So bring him in, dude. Bring him in. Let's go. Yeah, I, I just I think we just need somebody to really that that is from one of those trees, McVeigh, Shanahan, and I really don't even think anyone else would get me uh, excited like that. I think those are the two. That I would count on and trust. Uh, I am glad that they have a de- like a defensive coordinator that's not like a Sean Desai or you know even though Jonathan Gannon was nice. Jonathan Gannon just never really 
got me excited. You know, I, he was just kind of a guy. At least we had like I feel like our your DC yeah. has to be this guy who's like in his sixties, has seen everything, done everything, a little angry all the time. Like that's the kind of guy we need, and especially if this guy Vic Fangio from the area, you know, he, he I think he fits in perfectly perfectly here. I think that will do well. I I, I just the offensive coordinator situation is going to be something that is going to persist and. I wonder what they're going to do with it because uh, – did you hear them also say that uh, Nick Sirianni was the one that went to Roseman and got Sean Desai uh, demoted? Do you, do you believe that that's actually the case or how that happened? Um, yeah, I think so. I think he probably was like, all right, this is the decision we have to make. Uh, Nick Sirianni being the one that coordinated the D.C. change that uh, absolutely did not work is no surprise to me because, I don't. again, me and you, I don't think we – we don't think uh, Sirianni really knows what he's doing. No. So – Hopefully he can just encompass more of that Dan Campbell role and be the rah rah ooh ooh guy and you know tell Chiefs fans to go fuck themselves, which also ended up backfiring. But just do some shit like that and uh, just keep your hands off. Definitely be like the rover. Go around to each meeting, you know, kind of peek your head in, listen, don't say shit, and walk away. How about that? That's that's what you should do. Yeah, I saw people like, well, what does Tomlin do? I saw some of that underneath on a tweet. I'm like, well, Tomlin actually establishes a culture and has. You know, people respect him and hold him accountable. This guy, they they laid down like dogs for the for the last seven games of the season for for him. And if they really had respect for him as their head coach, they would have been playing hard. If you look at me in my eyes and tell me that they played hard in that in that playoff game, I'll call you a goddamn liar. Because especially on the defensive side of the ball, those guys just quit. I mean, James Bradbury, he he he's been thinking about Cancun since about you know early November. He he's. He has had enough of this season, so he got his money. He can't believe he probably got paid again. He's like, you know what? This is sick. Uh, I'm basically set for life now. We're good to go. I, I, I just, I really, I, how I can't sit here and tell you I feel good or I'm confident about the Eagles. I think anyone out there, you know, you can be confident if you want, or you can be an Eagles fan if you want. That's that's totally up to you. I'm still a fan. I just have no faith, belief, or confidence in this organization or team anymore. So. Uh, until until they prove me otherwise, why should I? I I'm with you, with well, you 100%. Yeah, so uh, I don't think we really missed anything from the actual press conference that was worthy of talking about, right? I mean, there was no, it was a, a really lot, lot of nothing yeah. happened. You know, uh, I love that the one reporter asked Nick Sirianni, "What what? So you're not going to run the offense? You're not going to run the defense? So what? Is, what's your job? Basically, <laughs> like what what is what do you do? So. What does he do? And he's like, I'm the head football coach. I I go, you know, maybe he's going to bring the pasta. Yeah, I'm going to hang out. I'm going to make sure everything's good. I, you know, I just coach the football team. I I call timeouts. And uh, I don't I don't like dumping on him, but it's just he he just looked like he was in over his head, man. Yes, you do. Well, I do. I do because he deserves it. (laughs) Because he was so arrogant, and then now it's like he's got his tail tucked between his legs. If you really believed in yourself and you were like that guy, then I'd be like, you guys are morons for wanting me fired. You got, like, I'd be talking shit still because I'm here. You know, like, What are you going to do? I, you ain't going to fire me now. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I, like, I guess I do like, you know, I'm sit- sitting here seeing all this Vic Fangio talk on Twitter, and, uh, you know, that that is satisfying, but... It's going to be tough, tough for me to be excited. It just All I ask is the OC is not from the Eagles-Colts coaching tree because that coaching tree, like I just saw somebody say on Twitter, is like a palm tree. No branches at all, very stale and boring. And I agree. I don't want, I don't want this, this Eagles 
Colts dynamic pipeline that they are trying to make. I don't like it. I don't really like it at all. I mean, Shane Steichen is awesome, but I have that's a, about it. I have an article tie in front of me that has 17 offensive coordinator Jesus candidates. Christ. So we're going to go All through right. these real quick. Just why not, right? I mean, sure. we got nothing else to yeah. do. So <laughs> number one, Daryl Bevel. Remember yeah, him? No thanks. Yeah. yeah, no thanks. The 54-year-old Bevel has spent the last couple seasons as the quarterback's coach and passing in coordinator for the Dolphins. But he does significant offensive coordinator or he has significant offensive coordinator experience with the Jaguars, Lions, Seahawks, and Vikings, all known as yeah. uh, explosive Trash. and you know great uh, ingenuity offenses. Uh, I mean, I remember him with the Seahawks when he was uh, coaching Russell. They, they were they weren't bad then, but uh, yeah, I think that I'm good on that. How about yeah. Eric Bieniemy? I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what he. What he does, but I think when he went to Washington, I guess he was calling plays, and they seem to be. I mean, listen, they gave us a lot of fucking trouble. So yeah, like may, yeah, maybe that would work. I mean, that doesn't say much because our defense was trash. But everyone said, uh, you know, he doesn't do shit in Kansas City, and then he went to Washington and made Sam Howell look like he was. You know, it's not his fault. Sam Howell was just serving the ball away on uh, interceptions. Yeah, Sam Howell. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That wasn't his fault. But I think he, they were able to move the ball. Terry McLaurin had a pretty good year, so I, I, I guess I would be okay with that. How about Joe Brady? There's a very good Never chance happened. Brady will not be available because he served the second half of the year as the interim yeah. OC. But <laughs> no yeah, I mean, chance. you would be down with that, he, though, right? I would. Uh, yeah, that's that's the guy who brought me my 2019 LSU Tigers national championship. Yep. Uh, not single-handedly, but yeah, he was pretty much the man. He had never called plays before. Uh, he wasn't the OC at LSU; he was the passing game coordinator. But yeah. I, I think everybody in the building knows he was the, the mastermind behind that scheme. No disrespect to Mr. Steve Ensminger. Um, Coach E, he did a lot of great things, but Joe Brady, I think, was that was a, just a huge jump in roles, and he won a national championship. Went and parlayed that into a OC job for the Panthers. That didn't work, but again, the Panthers are just a fucking black hole for talent. Really, uh, he goes, to, he goes, goes to Buffalo, and he turns her up. He does what we thought we were going to do on the defensive side. He turns up week 10, 12, 14. Um, was it Ken Dorsey take, takes his spot? Next thing you know, James Cook is rushing for 100, 150 every game. It's like, oh, wow, we couldn't do this all year. So I like what Joe Brady's done. I just had, I think there's no chance. I think if anything, he's the future head coach in Buffalo. Uh, if anything were to happen to whatever his name is. Uh, so now uh, I, for, I forget it. What did you say? My bad. I, I was. Already... Who's the Bills coach? Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott. That's right. I was going to say Josh McDaniels. But Sean McDermott, who uh, took under the ideals of the uh, Al-Qaeda. Uh, midway through the season, and then the, season, the, team, the team turned it around. So, yeah, Allegedly. I guess maybe that's what we have to do. Yeah, I like how I that know. guy had to like basically. I like how he was like. I couldn't imagine being in that team eating room the one day, and he's like, you know, well, think about what Al Qaeda did on nine eleven. Everyone's like, wait, what? The Hold fuck on. is he talking about? Uh, even if you, you know, even if you had a point, it probably wasn't the best way to say it. How about Liam Cohen? I don't know anything about this gentleman. Thirty eight years guy. old. Yeah, has been. Ping-ponging back and forth between the Rams under Sean McVay and the Kentucky program. In 2023, Cohen was the OC and quarterbacks coach at Kentucky after holding the OC job in L.A. in 2022. Cohen reportedly said he's staying at Kentucky, but we'll see if that holds true. Cohen has been garnering some significant NFL attention. I'd be down with that. He did really well with uh, South Jersey's own Devin Leary yeah. and um, Ray Ray Davis. I think Ray Ray Davis. The whole Kentucky offense in general. Uh, did pretty well, and Mark Stoops, you know, 
that program is uh, only going to do, you know, seven, seven wins, eight wins. Like there, there's, that's a basketball school. They're not yeah, they're gonna, up against you know, it, and that, that uh, they're very, very up against it. I don't think they really dumped that many resources into the football program. So the fact that their offense was was something good after losing Will Levis, who's one of the best quarterbacks in team history. Yeah, I think that that's pretty impressive what he did. Again, working under McVay, he was in LA last year. Well, he's the OC last year, so. Yeah, he's called plays it in college and pros, and I think he's pretty young, right? He's, you say 38? Yeah, love it. I'd be I'd be here for it. I mean, it would be under the radar. So, you know, a lot of Eagles fans would be like, this guy sucks. Why are we hiring a guy named Liam? And be like, what, bro? Like, you don't even know who he is. So, yeah, that's, that's I'm just, here for it, yeah. There's always going to – I mean, there'll probably be a guy uh, – that'll be me so at some point. Uh, <laughs> uh, just – shitting on him and be like wait you thought you wanted them i'd be like yeah but his name's liam and i'll just yeah I'm, a, I'm an eagles hater right now so the next name on this list your boy your boy ty jim bob cooter 39 years old was with the eagles during the 39? 2021 season i know he's been around forever dude. has he was here in philly as a consultant in 2021 before taking the job with the that. jaguars in 2022 but in 23, he became the Colts offensive coordinator under former Eagles OC Shane Steichen. So why would he leave Indy for a, a different OC job? Well, the Eagles job likely comes with the ability to call plays, which Steichen clearly isn't going to give up with the Colts. So, Dude, he was like the Lions OC like 10 years ago or I know, something like that. I know. Was he like 20, 29, 30 when he was the OC there? What the fuck? I do remember that um, being like a conversation that he it's like, damn, that guy is so the name. calling plays. I, well, obviously, yeah. yeah. I mean, your your name being Jim Bob and, and your, your head coach is insane. Or your coach. And Cooter. Yeah, Cooter. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't even. He was a offensive assistant for the Colts in 2009. So that was, what, 15 years ago? Young ball. Yeah, he, yeah, was, he was, I what? mean, graduate assistant for Tennessee, offensive assistant for Indianapolis for three years. Then he went to the Chiefs, offensive quality control, Broncos offensive assistant. Then he was the quarterback's coach in 2014-15 for the, for the uh, Lions. And then he became the OC in 2016, so... Uh, yeah, he was you know in his early thirties by then. So then, and I just talked about. He's got all some the experience for sure. Maybe he's good. I, mean, I probably have no idea what I'm talking about again. But it's just that Eagles That's Colts name, coaching tree. Yeah. I know. I don't know. I know, but I do like how he's bounced around: Jags, Jets, Lions, Broncos, Chiefs. Yeah, I'm not. I guess he started out at UT. Um, so yeah, I mean. I, I guess I wouldn't be against it necessarily. Yeah, I guess that's how I feel. I wouldn't be like in love with it, but I'd be like, all right, it's better than you know Cliff Kingsbury or some of these other names that we're gonna say. Next one yeah. is Gerard Johnson. We talked about him. Uh, Bring him on, Ian. Yeah, you're 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 a fan. I am not necessarily not a fan. I'm just more worried because he is a guy who hasn't called plays before. But I mean, I've also been v- vouching for people who haven't called plays yet as well. So, <laughs> but. The one thing is bad for you know your Gerard Johnson stuff is that he coached under Frank Reich, so <laughs> he coached Great. under Frank Reich in Indianapolis. Good. So that's Good. always something to get you excited. Also played under um, I think Jimbo Fisher. So uh, oh, no, and, not Jimbo Fisher. And you hate him though. I know you do hate him. So no, but I was wrong. He was at he was at FSU, not a Anyway, Cliff Kingsbury is the next name on this list. I know that's another uh, one that no. you love. Uh, we're not going to spend too much time on him. How about Clint Kubiak? Uh, this is a guy who is, what, I believe the passing game coordinator in San Francisco, son of Gary yeah. Kubiak, who I believe was the head coach of the Broncos when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm not sure. But he held that title in Denver uh, also the previous season, uh, being the passing game coordinator, and was the Vikings OC before that. So 
Would Sirianni be oh, able please. to implement some of the staples of another offensive system? Sure, fucking hope so. I, 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 I would be okay yeah, with that. Be able to. Uh, that that's a name I would be okay with because he's from San Fran. That's all I need. Uh, and this is a guy who his dad was a coach. It's in his blood. We could use a little bit of that. Uh, just a guy who I, I just trust him. I, I already, you know, your name's Kubiak. I trust you. So that's that's all go. I need. Uh, he's on my list. Byron Leftwich. You don't. Uh, you're not a huge fan of his. I would say. Um, yeah, I. I don't know. I'm not I don't, not a huge I mean, fan, but I just like. Uh, what he got fired right from from the team last year from the from the yeah the Bucks offense was like kind of stale and then they Brady. fired him and they hired Dave Canales and they turned it all around <laughs> with Baker Mayfield. So yeah, I think that yeah. kind of says everything you need to know. How about yeah. T Martin? No. <laughs> No. Why? Why? I can't believe his name is even brought up as an offensive coordinator in the NFL. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that guy was an offensive coordinator for USC like eight years ago. Went to Tennessee. I remember LSU fans wanted him to be the wide receiver coach, and he never fucking came. And he's just been wide receiver coach, wide receiver. No, I'm good. He's There's no shot that that guy has, one, ever been an offensive coordinator outside of his, his stint at USC. And there's no – oh, I'm sorry, the North Atlanta High School. Yeah. He was the OC there. Um, yeah, he was a QB coach and wide receivers coach for the Ravens. Well, the wide receivers are terrible and the quarterback has, I don't think that's any, any of his doing that Lamar Jackson's good. Um, yeah, Lamar I'm good. Jackson was good long um, before he got there. Yeah. I'm okay with him. Josh McDaniels. <laughs> no, no. Apparently Josh McDaniels is going to follow Bill, Bill Belichick. Whoever hires that, that two, duo is just asking to get fired. Yeah, I, I, the thing with Josh McDaniels is he's pro- like the only good thing about him, well, not here, but whoever you hire, like wherever he goes, you probably don't have to worry about him getting a head coaching uh, job. So you'll probably have yeah. him for a long time <laughs> if you if you choose so. You might just wind up firing him. The next one, Kellen Moore. We kind of already talked about him. Not exactly a huge fan. Yeah, of his. I'm not, I, I would. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not too sure because like he's been in some weird situations. So I, maybe, I, maybe I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, out. not exactly too excited. And uh, is he going to be – I guess the Chargers are going to have a new head coach, so more than likely he's going to be available yeah. to be go out and got. Uh, then there's a gentleman named Greg Olson who's not the, the not the guy who's on Fox and former tight end. Not that Greg Olson, no. Uh, 60-year-old, has significant NFL experience, and has been an OC for several different teams, including the Lions, Rams, Raiders, and Jaguars. In 2023, he was the quarterback's coach in Seattle. So – I don't know. I don't really. I'm not a big fan. Yeah. As much as I sure, talked about not? how the DC needs to be an old guy, I don't know if the offensive coordinator necessarily needs to be an old guy. I, I'm not in love with that. But Frank Reich, that's the next one on no. the list. I know you you have been uh, banging the drum saying that Frank no. Reich is is the guy for you, and that you believe in him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, nobody, I think, ever has said that. That's like the yeah. That's the one so I think um, is just like where I give up on the Eagles completely when they finally bring him in. Uh, Zach Robinson, I talked about him. That's my guy. I'm here for it. Yep. Uh, Arthur Smith. Now that's no. actually something that you know. I mean, at least he's called no. plays. That's <laughs> yeah, terrible plays. I'm good. He's the guy that doesn't use his top five and top ten draft picks in the game, and he brings in Cordero Patterson, who's old as dirt. I'm good. Alex Van Pelt. The Browns moved um, off of Van Pelt this month, but he's already getting some interest elsewhere. 53-year-old yeah, coach he was their... OC in Cleveland for 2020 to 2023. It was previously yeah, the quarterback the coach in Green Bay. Yep. I thought he was a pretty good name, but I again, I don't I don't really know. Yeah, uh, from, so from Pittsburgh. 
If yeah, that's I'm good on that. How about so if if I had to put a list together, Ty, it would be Zach Robinson, uh, Liam Cohen, and Clint Kubiak. Those are the three guys that I I'm want. here for. And Jim Bob yeah. as the outside. Eric Bieniemy. Oh, yeah. One of those five guys. You, you, I'm giving you five names, Howie. If you can pick from them, then I am all for it. So hopefully he makes the. The right hire. That article's from NBC Sports Philadelphia, by the way. I, I couldn't see a name on there. I, I was trying to figure out seventeen who goddamn cannons. Jeez, that's a lot. They, they're they're giving us stuff to talk about, though. That's that's the one thing I am happy about. The Eagles always give us stuff to talk about. Give me something to get excited about. Except I'm not excited. You know, that's that's the one thing I'm not excited at all. I I just am feeling so you know so negative. Uh, I, I I don't. I don't. I'm trying to really try to give somebody credit for writing this article, but I guess there's just no name on here. That's all good. I, that sucks. Good for you. So there it is. That is the Eagles conversation for the day. Uh, we'll probably be back next week when they hire an OC, and we can sit here and argue, and then we could. We'll probably start talking about the draft soon and the NFL in, in general. Have you been watching the playoff games? Are you do you do you care at all about? Yeah. I, I watched. Yeah. I, I... Go ahead. My bad. No, I uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm watching. I'm tuned in. I love it. I think this weekend's gonna be interesting. I, I'm kind of torn on who I want to win. I think I want to see the Ravens and the Lions. I think that's what I want to see too. Uh, that would be probably the best, maybe not the best matchup, but that's what I want to see. What about last week? Did you? I think the Packers kind of blew that game, hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Uh, Bills again blew that. Uh, Ravens it. were they kind of just cruised. It, it was it was tight for a little bit, but. I think they were going to take care of business. And in the Lions game, you knew how that was eventually going to go, even though that was a little close at points during that game. But it's the playoffs, so you're not going to just be blowing teams out. But going into this weekend, we have, I mean, I would, I'm would i rooting for the Lions. I don't want to see the 49ers win. And I think if Debo's not playing, they might be in trouble. Uh, I, yeah. I, that could be a problem. And on the other side, it's going to be tough to pick against the Chiefs, Ty. Um, I actually, so look at the lines real quick, three and a half, seven seems like a lot for the Niners. I don't know what you think about that, but, um, seven, That's yeah, a, they're that seven point favorites. Lot. That's the big, I mean, the thing with that I'm thinking is the Detroit Lions secondary is, but, but cheeks other than Brian Branch, who we should have drafted. Um, what about CJ like GJ? I, Everyone tells me that that's what the Eagles were missing uh, this year. That he would have, we'd be in the Super Bowl if we had him. Yeah, we would. Um, <laughs> no, I mean him and Tracy Walker. Uh, who's the guy that goes for everybody's Kirby needs? Joseph? Kirby Joseph. Yeah, I, I don't have much. Their linebackers are pretty not good either. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson definitely is is a player to watch for them. But I, I think I think if things are rolling, yeah, I think I I guess I could see a blowout. But that's if Debo plays. If he doesn't play, it, it gets a little interesting. I think their numbers. Without Debar go down, uh, you know, in a big way. So we'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see what happens there. Yeah, if I had to pay, I probably would take the Lions on them po- on that points, especially if Debo's not playing. And on the excuse me, on the other side, if you can hear noise in the background, that's my dog attacking something. I'm trying to get her out of this room, and she's just not. She will not leave. So. Uh, yeah, I would probably take the Chiefs off off instinct, but I think that's those. Yeah. What are the Ravens? Probably like minus two and a half, three. Three and a half. Yeah, g- give me give me the Chiefs. Chiefs are just tough. Uh, and, and what is the over? Do you know what the over under is in this? Because I feel like it's going to be a low scoring affair. Uh, Chiefs, uh, Chiefs game. It says forty four and a half. 
That's low. Yeah. So may, maybe shout out to ESPN bet. No, I don't wonder if they're paying people yet. Uh, I heard there was, <laughs> there was a little bit of drama with that <laughs> going on for a while, but that's the NFL discussion. How about the Sixers? I guess I really don't want to talk too much about them, but I did just want to shout out Joel for dropping 70. I mean, that's abs- absolutely Absolute insane monster. Yeah. It, it's that just, it, it's all about his health. Really? I mean, he really is that guy. He, I, there, there's no other way to explain it. The man scored 70 points, only making one three, and he had 18 boards to add to that. That's, and the same night, five assists, right? Yeah, five assists. The same night, cats out there being a peg trying to score 70 and cost his team the game, and his coach shits on him after the game. That, that's one of that the funnier wild. things I've ever seen in my life. Because then I was like, oh, I was like, that's fucked up, dude. Like, that's, the guy had a great game. Then you go watch the highlights, you're like, oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's just, jack- he, he just, jack- <laughs> he's just dribbling he in the doing. triple teams and just turning the ball over the whole game. So, yeah, it makes sense. The thing I did notice about Joel in this, especially, you know, I mean, he's been doing it all year, but this game you could tell, like, he's gotten so good at establishing his position down low and just bumping people out and dominating from down low, especially when he has an inferior opponent trying to guard him down there, whether it be Zach Collins. Poor or, Zach Collins. Yeah, that and, motherfucker got baptized. And, and, jo- oh and what's it called? Goodness. Wemby was getting taken Wemby. to school early in that game. It, yeah. it, but at least Wemby bounced. I mean, he was doing his own. Wemby was scoring. Yeah, like he, he did his thing. The, the The problem with the Sixers, I will say, Ty, is they don't really play defense a lot. Uh, they, so, yeah, I I noticed that because I was like, all right, this game will be a blowout. I was t- so Dave Greenlaw was there. Shout out to Dave. Shout out Dave. There's a lot of people actually at that game that I Yeah, that my I boy saw. Luke. Shout out Luke. Shout out Luke. This girl Lisa, I'm friends with. Shout out Lisa. Shout out to all the people. Shout out all the fans. Shout out to all our but, fans out there. I don't know if – I actually don't even know if those people listen, but uh, who knows. <laughs> shout out to Who them. knows, right, hopefully. But um, I was like, oh, I probably won't get it because they're going to be up so much. And they were up so much. And then the bench came in, and then they weren't up so much. So <laughs> – uh, Devin Vassell, early in the game, Vassell was doing whatever he wanted. Um, Shetty, Shetty Osman, Shetty Osman, he was hitting some shots. Everybody was just hitting shots. They all of them were. Trey Jones, so um, that sucked. That was unfortunate. I think uh, we saw the Miami Heat make a big trade and yeah. improve their roster. I think uh, I don't think that necessarily puts them over us, but it's a move. It's an Eastern Conference uh, opponent that made a move, a, a very easy, smart Move swapping Kyle Lowry for Terry Rozier and giving up a first round pick in a couple of years that's a no brainer, in my yeah. opinion. So, um, Terry Rozier is a bit of a jack, but he's you know another option that they need. Honestly, they were not going to win it or compete with what they had, so that's big for them. And I think we also need to do something like that. We need to make a move, absolutely 100% need to make a move. I don't want this Embiid 70 18 and 5 performance to be to overshadow the holes in this roster. Once the Heat made that trade, I tagged Daryl Morey. I said, "Your net, your net, your move, yeah. your next move. Like, you, you got to do something, brother. Like, uh, you know, the Hawks are trying to trade Dejounte Murray. I, I think I would take him. I think I would like him a lot. I think he's a pretty good two way player. Even though Tobias is kind of piecing him up, that's not great to see. But um, Tobias has those games where he kind of gets gets hot. So I, I wouldn't mind Dejounte Murray. Uh, you know, I think the price tags would be a little high." Um, I saw two first-round picks and a starting player. Ah, uh, yeah, can't do it. Sorry, but uh, you're out on that now. I mean, yeah, we don't. You know, what are we gonna do? Give them Batum and two first-round picks? Like, okay, I guess. But like, one, do they even want Batum? Probably not. No. Like, you know, I'm tired of number twenty-five just playing at all. Like, I'd rather him just never play ever again. But I guess we tampered to get him. So 
You got to put him in there. That'd be the new house. Not, not unbelievable. So. <laughs> Uh, Danul. Um, How about Danul? Uh, Danul. But, um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it was, what, the anniversary of Kobe's 81-point game. And, I mean, around the whole league, everybody was going off. Embiid had 70, 18-5, which is nuts. Cat had 62-8. KD had 43, 6-8. Tatum had 39, 11-5. Wemby had a good game, like we said. Uh, Luka had 33, 18-13. Giannis, 31, 17, and 10. Also, Giannis, new head coach. The Bucks making a making a change. I, I don't understand the allure behind hiring Doc Rivers, bringing Doc Rivers yeah, into any crazy. kind of situation whatsoever. But people seem to do. Apparently, it's a lucrative deal. They gave him a big deal to come in. I, I can't, for the life of me, imagine why he has fucked up every single situation he has touched. I see people saying, "Well, he can't be worse." <laughs> the fuck, he can't be. We thought he wasn't going to be worse than what we had. And, yeah, you know. Uh, come on, guys. What, what, what y'all, what y'all want to do? Things didn't get better. It's on y'all. So I'll never forget uh, Adrian that. Griffin. In the middle of a playoff game, this guy's going, come on. Like, he has nothing to say. He's just trying to, like, That's it. come on, guys. Yeah. And and James Harden's probably like, what, what the fuck am I doing here, man? Yeah, yeah. shut the fuck up, idiot. That's what I would have said. So, <laughs> yeah, not, not, sure what, not sure what they're doing. But uh, firing Adrian Griffin, who apparently, Stephen A. Smith said this last week. They said if he, Adrian Griffin keeps doing this, he's going to get fired. And everyone's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then he gets fired. So, um, I love what Nick Nurse is doing, but again, I I need Daryl Morey to step the fuck up and, and do something. Yeah, so I'm gonna hope that that just leads to them melting down in the playoffs. Uh, apparently, he was just asking him to play some defense, and Giannis was like, "Nah, well, we gotta get him the fuck out of here." Uh, it, there was something going on with that team, though. There was. Uh, there was. Yeah. Guys pointing at each other, telling them to go fuck themselves on the floor. Did you see that video? Of Brooke Lopez just like freaking. He, Brooke Lopez has been having mental breakdowns for like the last three yep. weeks. So that yeah. that makes sense why it was like time to go. I I I didn't understand why they hired him specifically in the first place, but that's what Giannis gets. Apparently, he didn't want Nick Nurse. So get fucked, buddy. Thank you for yeah, uh, t- thank you for turning your back on him. And now we have probably the best head coach we've had in a little bit. Here in Philadelphia, yeah, Larry uh, Brown. Yeah, it, it, especially for the Sixers, I should uh, specify that. But yeah, uh, I'm glad. Uh, best case scenario, these Bucks, they maybe they fall off a little bit, or or they maybe they even turn it up and they, and they get that two seed. As long as it's them in the two and us in the three, we might actually be able to get to the third round for the first time in hey. a long time. I would feel yeah, good we'll about see. that because now they're trying to trade Pat Connaughton, and I th- saw somebody else. I did. I forget what the name is. There was somebody else that they're trying to package those two to uh, get another guy. And I also saw that Warriors. Matisse Thibel won't accept a trade there because of Doc Rivers. That's crazy. Uh, you know, That's insane. Matisse Thibel thinking he can dictate where he plays in this league as a guy who averages like three points a game on the Portland Trailblazers. Cameron Payne One of the was wor- the other guy, by the way, that they're trying yeah, to package uh, those two. I don't know what that's going to get you. I would absolutely love to give you a bag of basketballs for that. Matisse Thibel is shooting 41% from the field this year, 5.5 points a game, uh, 36%. Hey, 37% from three, right? That's, that's something. 1.6 steals a game. That's so funny because he's up there in, in point and steals leaders, but he like <laughs> plays like, uh, I don't know, like 20 minutes a game. So whatever, fuck him. Uh, I think that's probably it for the Sixers. I, I guess I did want to talk about this real quick. There's four. I have. I see an article here. This is written. Uh, this is the Sixers Wire, and the gentleman who wrote this or lady, I'm not sure, is Kai Carlin. So 
Hello. Shout out to them. But they have they gave four names. This was written a couple weeks ago, so it's not exactly updated. But this is just an idea of four names that you might would you be interested in? I I would like to ask you, Tyus Jones. I believe he's playing for the Actually, Wizards yeah, I like right him now as a point guard. Yeah, um, his point is is like crazy assist to turnover ratio. So having like another steady ball handler would be awesome. I would I would I would be for that. Probably be cheap. So yeah, I'd be yeah. all for that. I think that's what we're defender. like looking at. I don't think they're going to go out and get a big time star, especially if they have to hemorrhage all of their assets. I don't think that is going to be worth it. But I mean, who knows, right? Uh, it's really kind of. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, Daryl Morey, we think he's going to do one thing. We didn't think he was going to end up with uh, James Harden, and then he kind of got him, and then he gave up a lot for him. So how about Royce O'Neal? Uh, I feel like he's been a pretty good 3 and D guy. I feel like like a, a younger version of a Covington type. Um, I wouldn't be against that. You know, I want more than that, but yeah. I definitely want more than that. I am with you in that sense. Uh, it, I want like if they're gonna get like a Royce O'Neal or something like that, then I want a couple of these guys, and I don't want to give up that much for them. So if that's not even possible, then I'm, I don't know. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Uh, what about Alex Caruso? That's the next name on the list. I I'd be cool with this. Yeah, he's um he's an elite perimeter defender. Also can shoot a little bit, score a little bit. I think his shooting splits this year forty nine, forty two, seventy seven. So that's pretty good. Um, ten points, three and a half assists, two and a half, uh, three and a half rebounds, two and a half assists about a block and a steal, 1.3 steals. It seems like he can kind of do a lot, honestly, and he's on a bad team. Yeah. Even though they have been playing better without Zach Levine, which is very ironic. Uh, yeah, I guess you can cross him off our, our wish list so it seems with that so. news. So, yeah, I would take Caruso and Drummond, like a, a package to get Drummond as the backup center. I mean, I don't, I don't think Paul Reed's going to cut it. I mean, just going to say that, but. Yeah, I, I'd be I'd be cool with that. Uh, I, I There is something. So they just need a little bit more. How about. Dorian Finney-Smith from the Nets is another guy from Brooklyn. DFS. It looks like Brooklyn will be kind of moving on from some guys. So, yeah, he's he's also kind of in that Royce O'Neal mold. He's he's not going to go out and you know create for you, but he, he's a pretty good rebounder, pretty good defender, good shooter. Uh, DFS is my boy from UF. So, yeah, I would. Uh, he's he's thirty ish, I think. Yeah, he's thirty years old. I think Royce O'Neal. Man, I feel like I watched him play at Baylor so long ago. He's also thirty. So. Yeah, some some kind of uh, one of those two guys I think would be good to put them, on the perimeter. Yeah, I know they get kind Batum of out do here. the same. Not necessarily thing, but... get Batum out here, but you know, just just have more options that can defend on the perimeter because we definitely need it. Yeah, we don't need uh, Patoom playing thirty minutes a night or th- you know uh, upwards no. of twenty five minutes a no. night. We can yeah. do without that. Trade deadline is February eighth. Ty, we're kind of uh, marching towards that, so they're going to have to make some sort of move or something's going to come down. The The, the Wizards Please. are taking but not countering Kuzma trade offers. I'm good. Uh, Miles Bridges trade rumor brings fan outrage. Oh, we fucking love Miles Bridges. Uh, uh, Miles Bridges would be awesome. That's like a Wait, superstar. Miles Bridges should be a sixer. He should have been. They, that was one. It's so, going to go down as no, one of the worst moves of all time. Is that Mikel? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, Miles. Okay, that's my, my bad. You're right. Miles Bridges yeah, is the guy who's beating the shit out of his be- girlfriend. Yes. Yeah, that, we don't yeah, want him. Then changing the, yeah, we don't want the guy who's changing the Netflix password just to send a message to his girlfriend that he beat up. Yeah. We don't want him. Also, he stat pads against bad teams. Um, I don't think he's he really that good. He might be the best Yeah, he might that, be the best rapper in the league. Well, and, and Edwards is pretty good, too. And Edwards is, yeah. Um, but no, Miles, I'm sorry, Mikel Bridges is the guy. Yes. It should, I mean, uh, that's I, who I, I would can't, want. I can't get over how fucking bad of a move that was Zaire not, not even just being a revisionist history guy I'm not even trying to be at that the time guy, it was like, like no like 
Everybody was excited. The mom worked for the team. You're interviewing her with her son with the Sixers hat. And like, oh, by the way, we trade you. You yep. fucking idiot. Leave. Zaire like, Smith okay, is currently thanks. playing for the Cleveland Charge in the G League. I bet he is. He's I bet he's not. I, I bet he's 24 years old, dude. <laughs> he's been. That's crazy. He has been like gone for a while. Like he hasn't played. He, he played for the Blue Coats in 2020. And then that was it. Like he just kind of disappeared. God, there's some of these stat lines shooting four of eighteen from behind the arc. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, shooting thirty-two percent from the from the three-point line in the G League. I'm good. I'm yeah, good. and now he he was signed with the Memphis Grizzlies, but was waived the next day in 2020, <laughs> uh, and then it was included in the Memphis Hustle G League roster, but did not play a game for the team. And in July That's of good. 2023, he played for the Oklahoma City Summer League team. Uh. And on September twenty or September fifteenth, Smith signed with the Cle- the Cleveland Charge. Or the, I'm sorry, the Cavaliers, but was waived on October twenty first. One week one week later, signed with the Cleveland Charge. I'd like to see what his stats are. Just, I mean, this is what we do. This podcast points. For. It looks like really. Uh, hey, may- maybe he can bring something for the six. No, I'm just fucking around. But oh man, that, what that's it, it's still when I see his name, I get triggered. Then the guy had like ate some peanut butter and almost died or something like, along those lines. Oh, lost like 70 pounds. Yeah, well, what a what a nightmare of a, of a situation and time that was to be a Sixers fan because they do that. The Mar- Markel Fultz's shoulder stops working. Guy forgets yep. how to shoot. There Still was a, can't shoot. There was a lot of shit going on then. It, and all of those different – I mean, Ben Simmons – you know, he he goes without saying, but still not playing. Uh, yeah. Would you want Kyle Lowry? Uh, I saw he, he no, was a part of that trade, no. and he's going to probably get waived at some point. Uh, I guess as a buyout piece. Yeah, no, like I wouldn't like, trade for him, but I would take him in the yeah. buyout market. I guess. I mean, no. It seems sure. like he's had many opportunities to kind of come here, or like it's been close and it doesn't work out. He's also going to be thirty-eight in a month <laughs> or two months. The last thing we want to do is get older, but I mean, why not? I guess. I don't know. Yeah, he hasn't looked horrible in the games I've seen this year. I, I don't know if that would be something I'm really banging the drum for, getting excited about it. It would just, it, it, last case, you know, worst case scenario, it's like, all right, I guess bring in uh, bring in Kyle Lowry. Other than that, I can't see any big moves in the, on the horizon. It looks like this is going to be the team. Hopefully they add a little bit more depth. I think that, that would be the big difference. Somebody that could probably play point guard off the bench that's not Pat Bev. And somebody that can just, I guess, a little, another wing defender. You can always use more wing defense. So maybe one of those guys from the, the Nets would be perfect for us. How about, I guess we'll go Reese Hoskins first before we get to the Flyers. The Flyers might be a little bit more of a heavy conversation. Reese Hoskins, what is it, two years? $34 million. He is now a Milwaukee Brewery. He has an option after the first year. Uh, I think that's a good move for. I mean, I think he's a good addition for any team that may be out there looking for a a right-handed power bat. It's a shame the Phillies weren't going to be able to make him work or, you know, get get him into the fold. It's it just it wasn't going to work out. You know, he was going to be a permanent DH basically, and they have too many guys like that. It would have been him and Harper switching DH while you're going to play Schwarber every day. I think we kind of experienced that. That's not exactly an ideal situation. So it just looks like they're going to run Castellanos in right, Marsh in left, Rojas in center, Schwarber, oh. DH uh, is going to be the the situation. It seems. Yuck. Yeah, I I I, I guess it could be worse. It, it's not. 
I don't know. I mean, this is a team that went to the NLCS last year, so I can't get too upset about it. But I just don't. I don't like with how the Phillies are approaching this offseason and being okay with like the status quo and saying, "Well, we went this far last year. This team's good enough." And obviously, it wasn't good enough because it's come up short two years in a row. And I know they added Trey Turner. He'll be better this upcoming season. And I know how you feel Maybe. about him. But yeah, I knew there was, there was something well. coming there, but. I, I'm not. Uh, I don't know. I, I they need they need starting they need starters. They there's still no bullpen arms have been added. Hater goes to the Astros. I guess we forgot to talk about that too. That's you know a bigger shoe that dropped in the uh, on the stove. The stove heated up for a little bit and then and then it cooled back down. Yeah. Somebody forgot to pay the gas bill. But yeah, listen, it's tough to see Mr. Hoskins go. The man was an author of one of the best moments I've had as a Phillies fan, and I've had some great moments. You know the whole 08 run and all that. When he smoked that home run off of Strider, that that was an all-time, all-time moment, and I'll I'll always be in debt and have gratitude towards him. He hit some big home runs here and last year in the playoffs, and it's a shame that he wasn't able to help you know during this run or even help his own stock. Because if he goes out there and has a, a good year this year, maybe he gets a five-year, seventy million something. You know, uh, maybe more than that, five-year, twenty million or hundred million, twenty per year. Who knows? Uh, it's just tough to see him go, though, and hope, hope he, hope he does well out there. Hope, hope, hope everything works out for Mister Reese Hoskins. Yeah, not really much uh, MLB will, rumors. He will be missed. R.I.P. R.I.P. Uh, his Phillies career. He's still alive though, so I don't want to uh, <laughs> put him in the grave, and I don't want to say rest in piss like I've said to a few people, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you have. Yeah. So uh, if you watch the – or if you listen to the uh, MLB – or not the MLB, the UFC podcast, we say rest in piss uh, quite a few times because, honestly, sometimes guys get knocked out. They're not, they're not good guys. Piss. Wow, yeah. I mean, that that's we'll, – we'll, we'll have another <laughs> – we'll be have plenty of news to discuss on the next uh, UFC pod. How about Carter Hart stepping away oh. from the Philadelphia Flyers for undisclosed personal reasons? And people, I see people saying, "Don't booze bag." Don't speculate yet. <laughs> well, you know, how, <laughs> on this podcast, when you step away and you have personal reasons, we right away think, "Oh, you're a booze bag, dude." <laughs> you, you, you it usually turns out to be true. Everybody thought Corey Perry was banging moms. He was the booze bag. So. Yeah. Well, uh, same thing with the. Spencer he might have been doing both. Yes, probably. Uh, allegedly, uh, a little bit of boozing, a little bit of a little uh, bit of mom banging. So. Um, yeah, Carter Hart, you know, I guess I'll let you go back to what you were about to say. No, yeah, it seems like this one's a little bit more sinister than uh, that one might have been. This is involving a, I think you would probably know more than me, there was some sort of sexual assault case involving the, was that 2018 junior Canadian junior team? Yeah, and uh, six years almost that the, the Hockey Canada has pretty much just done nothing. Uh, it's crazy how they've completely done nothing. Uh, they are completely, not completely, but they are also at fault here for why this has taken so long. It appears that um, I saw that there's going to be a press conference held. Uh, also, a video of Javon Holland tweeting a video of him kicking rocks. I guess maybe that has something to do with Vic Fangio leaving, so that's good. Um, I think I think uh, February 5th, the London police are going to have a... Um, like why, like, why are we have to do well, – why February 5th? Why are we delaying this any more than it yeah. has to be delayed? Two weeks, for what reason? Or, you know, does this victim have – does anybody care about the victim? I, I guess not. Apparently there was five to eight – I think eight – uh, five players were involved in a 
brutal sexual assault of this woman, of this uh, victim, I should say. And then there was three others that were involved in some way, shape, or form. They were there. They knew about it. Something. And um, Michael McLeod, Cal Foote, Dylan Dubé, Dube, Dubé, Carter Hart, and Alex Formenton, who is playing in Sweden, have all requested indefinite leaves of absence from their teams. Uh, the city of London, Ontario, has summoned five players from the 2018 Canadian Hockey uh, World Junior Champion team to, to face sexual assault charges. So... Two players from the Devils, Michael McLeod, Cal Foote, Dylan Dew. I think he's on the Canadians, Carter Hart, Alex Formenton again. Like I said, he's not even in the NHL. Like, <laughs> I, you know, the fact that he's getting summoned from Sweden to come all the way to London, Ontario, I feel like that's not good news for Mr. Alex Formenton. Um, and then there's a couple other players, Taylor Radish of the Blackhawks, Boris Kachuk of the Blackhawks. Um, fuck, I'm trying to think of the other name. Uh, a couple other that have been mentioned that have been that, that might have been there or, or knew about it or Pretty something. Pretty much anyone on that team has kind of been uh, like at least you're. Well, it, it's like it, it's up in the air. Like you know, like it's most uh, of them have been cleared. Yeah, no, no, I agree. Card. Like, but in the beginning, it was like, well, if you were on that team, you yes. you know, you're you're you could have been possibly involved in this. And they had to slowly. I mean, like you said, six fucking years. Dude. Insane. They've slowly just sort of weeded out and gotten rid of some of these names. And it always felt like Carter Hart was involved in this because he never said much about it. Yeah. The fact that he didn't like deny any wrongdoing, a lot of these players did, you know, like Kale McCarr, uh, a lot some of them had an alibi. Some of them had uh, had already said something. But there's I mean, listen, I don't wanna, you know, say anybody's guilty or play the, the role of the judge, jury, or executioner here, but the fact that this is all happening in the same time span, I mean Come on. One plus one equals two. I think we can all do math. I think we can all piece together this puzzle. Um, you know, all of them taking leaves of, leaves of absence. Nobody saying anything. Briere being like, yeah, I, I can't say anything. I don't know. Obviously, because of what it is, of what the truth is, of the reality. So I guess we'll find out on February 5th when the London, Ontario police, uh, you know, they, they have their uh, press conference and then we'll see, you know, who they're going to charge, I guess, is what is what's going to happen. And um, just an overall awful, terrible, shitty situation. It sucks to see, uh, not just because these guys are athletes and they're you know some of them are good athletes. That has nothing to do with it. It's more of like on a humane level that multiple players could, multiple people could do this to one person or yeah. you know whatever the details are. It's fucking insane. And that you know if there's other people that knew about it, you know didn't speak up and just kind of like accepted it. That's the hockey culture. I, I fucking hate it. The Blackhawks went through a, a similar thing in twenty in twenty ten when they won the cup. They had a rookie player who got sexually assaulted by the um, trainer, and you know everybody just said, "Hey, don't fucking talk about it. Don't worry about it. Just shut up. Uh, whatever you say doesn't matter." It's like insane. Yeah, like that person's going through something. Of, you can't just tell them to shut up and, and deal with it. You know, like it's insane. So yeah, it's this sucks. This also sucks because I don't want to. <laughs> Um, Sam Urson, Urson, Urson played the other day, got lit up by the lightning. So obviously taking, um, you know, taking the hockey aspect into it, it's a huge loss losing your starting goalie and Carter Hart. But, um, the fact that you're losing him for the, for the reason that is possible is, is very, very disheartening and sad. So yeah, it's hard. yeah the, the, all, the whole situation sucks. Um, yeah, like the hockey, yeah, pretty, I, I like I mean, this. I see people say that like the hockey aspect is not. Not the of the forefront. It's not important, no. but it is a part of it. Like as yeah, Flyers fans, 
you like we're not you know we we obviously if the man did this we want well, I don't want anything to do with him I don't want him to be a part of this but from a, like a hockey just kind of uh you know like having one of your uh, draft picks say he doesn't want to play there and walk away and then having another guy in your starting goalie and your you know prodigy sort of goalie and then he's just involved in a sexual assault case that's like bad for just the player operations sort of standpoint yeah. from this but yeah, yeah. I want. I want this woman, whoever this woman is, or whatever. I want their ju- justice to be done here. Right? That's this from the sounds of this. I don't know. I, there have much details of it haven't come out, right? It's just we just know something it's, happened. It's and, all. It's it's always been a couple players, a couple names, but nobody's been able to go, you know, uh, s- cipher through the roster and figure out who or what exactly. So yeah, like you said, it's been a very questionable. very questionable. Like just, yeah. Uh, I, and it's happened so slow. Nobody's really been cooperating. Nobody's trying to do anything. It's it's just the London police, and even they're taking their time. These players are all still playing, you know, with guilty consciences. Yeah, it's the police aren't doing shit. Nobody's doing shit. The NHL isn't doing shit. I mean, uh, they will eventually. They're definitely going to uh, hopefully lay down a law and just, you know, kick these guys out of league or suspend them or I, I don't know. Alex Formenton, like I said, is already out of league. Like, the Senators cut bait. It's crazy. They cut ties with him. Uh, like last year or two years ago, probably knowing, I, I don't think he's that, I don't think he's good, but I, I think he's good enough to be in the league. Probably knowing that this happened and like, oh, let's just get rid of him now so that in a couple of years when it comes out, he won't be on our team. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. And then the fact that the Flyers were trying to trade Carter Hart about a year ago, was it to the Sharks or the Kings, possibly knowing what happened also. Again, maybe they did, maybe they did. I don't know. But. Assuming they did, assuming these teams knew, and I just have to imagine these teams know. Like, you know, they, they are, something was up, but it's also you like, have to. They they know everything. They know everything. They 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 don't. It's not like they're you know. Oh, how would the GM who's sixty years old and doesn't go on social media and doesn't go out? How would he know that one of his players is doing this? Probably because he has fucking millions of people working under him. That that's their job to to make sure your players aren't doing some shit like that. And then when they find out it's to dig deep and obviously they're going to have their own detectives and whatever people f- figuring out what actually happened. Um, and the fact that it happened at the world juniors, there's a bunch of team representatives at the world juniors, not just looking at what players are doing on the ice, but also monitoring what they do off of the ice because this is so prevalent in hockey and insane hockey culture. Um, I, I have to imagine these teams know that's again, um, Who's Max Comtois? He's in the AHL. He should probably not be in the AHL. He's been mentioned as somebody who could be one of the other players implicated in this. So the fact that they're just keeping him in the AHL because they don't want to have him in the NHL, that's very sketchy too. So this whole situation is just bad news. Uh, yeah, the Flyers, Danny Breer went on a, had a press conference the other day. He said, we are aware of this morning's pre- press reports on the very serious matter, said Breer from the Flyers training center in Voorhees. We will respond appropriately when the outcomes of the investigations are made public. The NHL has been very clear that teams should refer all investigation-related questions to them. So this is just like a hockey way of like doing things. In the meantime, members of the organization, including Flyers players, will not be commenting any further. So that's all we yeah. can say at the moment, unfortunately. That's just not good. Hockey culture, man. Just you know, they're going to yeah. stonewall this. They're going to not answer questions. They're going to hope this thing just goes away. And it's not that easy, and it shouldn't be. No. It's no. these people should be called out. These people should be called into question. There should be. They should have to answer for what they did, whatever it is that they did. You know, it's crazy, man. Like Carter Hart, these other guys. Like 
I, I can only imagine, you know, I'm sure if you DM some girl that's hot on Instagram, maybe they, they put you on their story and they're like, look at this guy who's trying to, who's thirsty and trying to DM me. But I have to imagine it's not that hard to go out there and consensually have sex with somebody when you're, you know, yeah, who you are in that, in that light. I, you know I don't I mean? know. I, I don't want to like also just, you know, convict these players that, no, uh, you for know, sure. Because we don't know. It, it, like, I'm reading this article. Both London Police and Hockey Canada via a third-party firm. I don't believe anything Hockey Canada has to say. But open <laughs> yeah, investigations into the... whole thing. Yeah. They opened investigations into the alleged sexual assault in 2018 of June. Uh, June of 2018, I guess I should have said. London Police closed their criminal investigation in 2019. And Hockey Canada ended its inquiry in 2020. In April of 2022... The woman filed a lawsuit against Hockey Canada, the organization that oversees Canadian junior hockey, and eight unnamed players from Canada's 2018 World Junior Team seeking $3.5 million in damages. In May of that year, TSN reported that Hockey Canada had settled the lawsuit with the woman out of court against a back against the backdrop of public outrage and the revelation of other sexual assault allegations tied to members of Hockey Canada. The London police reopened their investigation in 2022 uh, july of 2022 i should say so yeah i guess we're gonna have to the, this story's gonna keep on going we will we will keep you know i'll keep an eye out for this we'll keep covering it it obviously has philadelphia ties so you know but i, yeah, I, I hope I, mean, I hope justice is served here that's all i can really say yeah and i'm with you i don't want to like convict these guys but again five members of the team told to surrender to london police and then five players in uh in hockey take leaves of absence at the same time, pretty much. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, we're like, not stupid. We can kind of put uh, two think, and two together. I th- yeah. I think we know what's going on here. Unfortunately, you know, I guess we'll see how this unravels. Also, I just can't believe having a press conference after all this is coming out two weeks after, like we're just going to let this thing fester some more. That's an insane. Yeah. To me. The, the, the way the police and all that, like when I'm from reading this article, I obviously haven't been following this as intensely because I just, I mean, I knew it was a thing. I just didn't know any any of the details or anything about it. But yeah, like that's crazy. They're waiting that long for the press conference. They've been investigating this for that long. This is just bizarre. I, I guess we'll have to wait and see yeah. what kind of, what comes out and what what we hear about it. But until then, Ty, I guess that we should wrap it up on that note. This has been the hot take hot box. I always at this point worry about saying the shoulder, shoulder strike strikes. Every <laughs> Because this is the shoulder strikes, uh, the shoulder hot box, MMA strikes box. box. So yeah, no, this is the hot take hot box. My name is Matt McSweeney. I am Ty Capone. And as always, everybody get out, go, go enjoy some fresh air. Also stay out of the DMS.